Hello and welcome. This is 103.5 FM, independentradio.org. This is Keeping It 100 with Jose Candelario. And enough is enough about my chatter, who I am. Will Cotrina is powering this thing today. Thank you, Will, for taking the time out to help us. Uh, of course, we are on the New Haven Independent, but today we're powered by La Voz Radio. And uh, let's get it going. My special guest today is none other than mogul entrepreneur, community activist, and member Mr. Greenman Wilson, thank you, Greenman, for taking the time out. You're welcome. Now, I'm going to ask you to move up to the mic because we want to make sure we hear you light and loud and clear. Got you, got there you. There we go. You, Here you. we go. Right. So now we got a conver- Now we're going to conversate. Let's talk. Okay. You are a businessman, a uh, very accomplished businessman. Mr. Greenman Wilson right now is a, a proprietor or owner, I guess you could say, of 28 McDonald's. But he started off very, very small in the back of the kitchen, and that is a testament to what hard work and ethics can get you in life, which is kind of missing upon the youth in this day and age. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> so what can you, I, I love to hearing your story, um, you, how you started and how you got here. Because you said people laughed at you. Even your own mother, you said, laughed at you for working at McDonald's. Oh, yes. You know, it's funny. When I look back over my life, you know, when I was uh, 16, Actually, I started out as an entrepreneur in a grocery store. My mother worked at the co-op right here on Elm Street uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. many years ago. And I remember looking at her check. It was $91. And I said, I'm not working for anybody for $91. That was back then. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, no, I was actually fifth, I was 15. I couldn't get a job at the store. Okay, okay. So I asked her, could I deliver groceries? I said, if I get customers... Can I shop here, bring them their groceries, and bring their money back here and charge them? So you them? were the original Instacart. I'm the original Instacart. <laughs> wow. I'm the original Instacart. And she said, no one's going to buy that. I said, those ladies over there and those people, they're elderly. They need someone. They can't. Back then, it was like five houses on Howell Street mm-hmm. where they, you know, they couldn't get up and down. So I said, well, let me try. So I went over there, made a little flyer, and I got like five bites. And I said, I'm going to start it off at $3. So I talked to the manager of the grocery store who allowed them to call in. Mm-hmm. My mom would take the order. I would come in after school and shop, ring it up, go to the house with the receipt, get the money, bring it back, and tag $3 on. It started really booming. Now, think about it back then. Yeah. That was $3. I think mm-hmm. minimum wage back then was 2 change. So I could deliver, I mean, I could deliver these groceries 15 minutes mm. and make $3. But now if I could deliver five in an hour, look at the money I'm making, right? 15 wow. bucks. So it started to grow. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the the manager of the co-op, Tom Lillo, who I tell you, he taught me, God rest his soul, he taught me a lot about business because he was very shrewd. However, he wasn't, as sharp as I believe I am today because he came to me, he goes, I got a great idea. Mm. I'll make you a stock boy and we'll keep the delivery business and I'll pay you hourly. And Uh. then we'll, we'll take that money and give it back to the store. And now you have a check coming in instead of cash. Mm. And I was like, you mean I get a check? Because remember, I was getting three dollars. I was getting cash. Mm-hmm. But back then, to get a paycheck, yeah, that, that, oh man, I get my first check. That is. And so I go home and I start doing the math because he was going to give me five hours a week. 
And I did the math, and it was less than in one day. In work. one day. I said, no, that doesn't work. So he was giving me a hard time after that and told me that it was his business and he was going to take it. Long story short, I said, no problem. I quit. <laughs> it was a Saturday morning. The ethic, the work ethic comes from my mom, of course, and my dad. But my mom made me go back. She goes, you're not going to just quit. You have to mm -hmm. give notice. Unlike today, yeah. where kids just walk off the job. They just ghost you. Right. <laughs> so, right. They just leave. You know, you, what happened to them? So I went back to work and had to apologize, which those that know me now understand that was a tall task for me to mm. apologize to this guy. So I apologized to him and um, got back to work. Meanwhile, I went over to Kimberly Avenue McDonald's where mm -hmm. my aunt worked. Mm -hmm. And I said, I need to get in here. And she's like, all right. So she connected me with John McKnight, who gave me a job. I quit the co-op and ended up in McDonald's. So that was the start of my career at McDonald's. Then I was you know, making good money. I mean, because back then I was getting a lot of hours. McDonald's yeah, 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 was popular. Yeah, 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 yeah. So always been. You know, I'm like, well, so you know, I'm a big guy. You know what they say? When, <laughs> Did you eat your share yeah, of yeah, the profits? No. Yeah, you know, I, I loved it then. I loved it. I I did. I did. I did because the quality was excellent. Because I was making it. But I just joking. <laughs> but but the funny thing is, you know, I I'm sitting there. I said, I don't know if I want to do this, like make hamburgers for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. And everyone's like, you're a big guy. I don't know why people do this, and it's probably the worst thing to do to a kid. They walk up to me because I'm big. You you play football? Uh. <laughs> it's kind of insulting, right? But no, you probably be good at it. Just because I'm big don't make me good. And I, I yeah. said, all right, you know what? Everyone kept saying it because we play street ball. I'm big. Mm -hmm. Of course, mm -hmm. they give me the ball, and I, no one's going to tackle me. Well, I went to Hill House, and I realized my career in football ends in one day. Wow. Because I got hit by, yes, uh, Mr. Zeke Carr hit me pretty hard. And let me see, there were a few Donald and this big guy they call Poole. They hit me so hard, I thought I got hit by a freight train. Mm. That was my last day playing football. And I went back to McDonald's and I said, I'm going to make a career out of this. I quit <laughs> football. And I said, there was nobody, there was no African Americans, there were no Latinos, there was nobody in leadership. I was a kid. So I started inquiring, you know, how do I get to be that guy. Mm -hmm. That time, the guy was the director. Mm. Quote, <laughs> you're never going to be the black. Oh. So I was told. I said, wow, mm -hmm. I'm never mm -hmm. going to have his position because mm -hmm. I'm black. So when he came by, I said, hey, 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 how do, how, do I, how do I get your position? Go back in the grill area. I said, wow. How did you break out of that? I mean, I, I mean, there's obstacles in the way of everyone. And that's the number one excuse, right? When you talk to a guy, oh, the man, the man, the man. How did you outmaneuver the man then? And it's possible, obviously, because these kids, you know, many people these days feel like it's impossible, that the man is controlling their destiny. But you and your story, you're, you're telling me that you have control over their destiny. I realized at that point that he was just an employee. He didn't own the place. And how did he get there? What what gets you to that status as a leader? What gets you to the highest position at the job? To be the best mm -hmm. at it. 
Mm. And, you know, you, you do have your roadblocks as minorities because, you, you know, there are people that aren't as good. But if you really, really, really are undeniably the best, it's hard when it comes to money. People in money business, <laughs> people in business, racist or not, if you can, and I, and I, and I made this comment at 16 or 17 ish, he might not like me cause I'm black, but he'll love me if I'm green. Mm. So if I can make a lot of green mm. and John at the time was, um, a wonderful store manager. He was under this guy and you know, he, he saw something to me that I, I didn't see. Cause I told him, I said, I, I you know, I'm, I don't know if I'm going to do this. Cause if the people are like that, then why do I want to, you know, do this type of work? So I went out looking. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> like nobody's paying, man. It's McDonald's back then, believe it or not, I had gotten a job off uh, an offer as a general manager at that time because now some years had passed, mm -hmm. and it was uh, nine thousand six hundred dollars a year. Wow! Everywhere else was offering eight eighty two, but nobody was at that number. And I'm like, well, why would I go backwards? It makes no sense to go backwards. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So as I said, well, let me let me figure out how to maneuver around these people that are trying to block me. So what I did was I just, whatever crappy location, whatever store that nobody wanted to go to, I'll go. Take me. I remember when I went to Ferry Street. I was like, wow, I got robbed my second week there you know, I was like crazy right I went to Fox wow. and Boulevard I got robbed you know it was crazy downtown New Haven when I started um, earlier on I got robbed but all those stores you're, they're challenging the community is is, is tough mm -hmm. um, because I don't think they understand that that yes they're not black owned but they're black and Hispanic ran mm -hmm. respect the one that's running it more so than the one that owns it mm -hmm. anywhere because that's where they go to work every day and really they may not have the title of ownership and that was my mentality I might not be the owner mm -hmm. but I'm going to run it like I'm the owner mm -hmm. and that's what made me really excel where it was undeniable and I left and went corporate you um, you come across as a man who uh, doesn't tolerate uh uh, incompetencies in other people um, and you are a person who seems to be very astute uh, and like you said well earlier you said that it's hard for you to even apologize how does a person like you listen I mean you seem to, to very knowledgeable how did you listen you contribute to your mentors did you listen to them at first or did you take a lump and then was like oh they were right or are you the type of person that you listened and you learned really quick. No, I was, a, I always bucked against my mentors. And I always tell people, you want that person. Mm -hmm. You want that person that's going to buck against you. Okay. It's easy to take the guy that says, okay, boss, you're right, boss. But more so challenge the one that bucks, just like a horse, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. They say you got to break it. Mm -hmm. And then it can be a superstar, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right? You ever hear, you see the, the getting on it and they break the buck, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right? You 
because it's it's strong-willed, it's strong-minded, it's a winner, it can't lose. So, yeah, you break it just enough so you can tame it, but then it becomes successful. And I believe that's what happened with me, and I, I, I encourage those kind of people around me. I made a comment yesterday that I don't want anybody to kiss my butt. Mm-hmm. I don't want anyone to pour my coffee. I don't want anyone that's under me to give me an accolade. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Actually, I want you to challenge me. Mm. You know, because that's going to make you stronger as well as me. You know, iron sharpens iron. So I believe that the answer to your question is that you want the person Mm -hmm. that's going to buck the system. Most people are totally afraid of it, and I encourage it. Okay, okay. So you're, so you contribute a lot. You did, you do acknowledge your mentors and how important they are in your life, and because a lot of these the youth now seem to be like in this capitalistic manner. I don't need anyone, but the truth is we all need some kind of guidance somewhere and to and to seek these things out. I mean, I personally, you are one of my mentors now. You don't okay. even know it. Wow. You don't, you. You don't even know wow. it. But, you know, I told, I told myself a couple of years ago, I want to improve my personal circle. This is one of those self-improvement things mm-hmm. where, so I realized that in my circle, I was one of the top guys. So I said, you know what? I want a circle where I'm the bottom of the barrel. You know, and I'm around people like yourself that I can learn and watch and, 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 and move forward in my personal life by just watching the movements that you're making. And I, I don't know if you can attest or, you know, if you have a, a piece of advice for someone younger and seeking mentors. One is you just said one that challenges you. And are there other characteristics of a mentor that, that you really look for? Um, the, the person I look for, the heart of a person um, that wants to see the other person succeed without them trying to get a personal gain. Um, those are great mentors. Um, my, I, There's not one person that I don't give accolades to that um, has, and it's a lot. Mm-hmm. I don't have one. I have <laughs> many that I, I steal from everybody. I, mm-hmm. I kind of sit here and I'm chuckling inside because what you have and what you know and the skill sets that you bring, I don't have. Mm. So what does that make you to me mm-hmm. in that field? You're, mm-hmm. you're the guy that's the, the person I go to for that thing. Um, and I think the kids, it's unfortunate because they don't look at that. They don't look at the value of the next person because they don't value themselves. Mm-hmm. Right? So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When, I, when I look at um, people around me, I'm, I'm like, I'm astonished that they would consider me a mentor um, <laughs> because I'm, 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 I'm kind of a mutt. I can't say, well, John McKnight. I can't say Don McKnight. I can't say Dr. Kim Carmichael without saying it's all of them. It's mm-hmm. can't say, you know, my wife, you know, former friends, mm-hmm. uh, you know, people I come in common with. My enemies are like my best mentors mm. um, because they teach you what not to do. Um, and you study them long enough, you get really good at what you want to do. Um, you know, I, I have a few that I wouldn't consider them enemies, um, more like um, frenemies, frenemies. Yeah, you know, because <laughs> they smile in my face and shake my hand, but I keep them close. Um, but I'm, there's so much more for me to learn. Um, and I think that's that's the part that when you follow mentors, you just stay humble. Though, though you talk to anybody that knows me, they say you're not humble, <laughs> but I'm very humble. Right. Because I don't think they know what humility is. Um, Humility is um, someone that doesn't believe they deserve what they've gotten. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. I don't think I deserve one thing I've been given. I consider myself blessed. But these kids, they're just so disconnected from that reality, you know. So with mentorship, it's hard because, you you know, I get a call. Mm-hmm. Could you come talk to the kids? Yeah, yeah, yeah. About what? Because <laughs> <laughs> they're going to get frustrated with me because it's hard to to point out and not and, and not offend them. Mm-hmm. How do I? How do I? How do how, I? How can you go and 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 not floss? Yeah. <laughs> and, and not be like, look what I got yeah. versus this is what you know because they don't get it. That like, this is something that you can attain. This is attainable for you. And for some people, that even that thought is beyond. You, you that. say that, and it's so wild because I reflect back when I went to a school. I'll leave it nameless, but it's a New Haven school. Uh, the kids were probably around 14, mm-hmm. 13, 14, mm-hmm. and. They weren't paying us attention. I watched the first guy go up. They ate him alive. <laughs> and I'm like the third. I'm the third in line to go speak to these kids. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, they're not paying them. They're talking. They're texting. I'm like, they're... and then another guy goes up. And these guys are, to me, I'm like, wow, their story is bigger than mine. Uh, yeah. right? And I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to catch their attention. So I bang my head. I bang my hand on the table, put my head down. And I'm like, will you pay attention? They yell out, and they looked at me. I'm nobody important. I work at McDonald's. <laughs> and they're like, they started laughing. <laughs> but I own a Corvette. I own a Jag. I own a Mercedes. I own a, I'm just going out all my cars. Matter of fact, I got seven cars, one for every day of the week. I own my homes. I pay for everything. I'm debt free. I, I capture the room. Mm-hmm. Because I got things. Yeah. Um, right? We're in that. We're in a materialistic society. Right. Yeah. But the kids now, how? You work <laughs> at McDonald's. How do you do that? <laughs> at McDonald's. That, that is, you're a business guy. You apply your 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 business sense to every everything you've learned, you apply to the next thing you've done. How being a deacon in a church comes into this equation? Because you, you're a man of faith. You said that you're blessed. I can hear in your vernacular that you are a person uh, of faith. You, you, you just demo- he just demoted me to deacon. Oh, I'm, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm just messing with him. Messing Reverend, with him. Reverend, yeah, no, actually elder. <laughs> elder, um, I was okay. or, I was ordained an elder. Um, <laughs> really, I was ordained an elder by God because I was supposed to be, but I still say it was an accident. Because I'm <laughs> okay. like, how do I get in? The-? Mm-hmm. If you ask anyone that knows Graham and Wilson, they're gonna say he. Not now, but prior to eighty nine, mm-hmm. there's no way Grayman's in the church. Mm. There's just no way. But December 9th, nineteen eighty nine, I gave my life to the Lord uh, and got really involved in church um, because I, my wife, because she thought I was a knucklehead, mm. so she joined the church. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, she must be fooling with, around with somebody in there because she's always in church. Oh. So let me get in here mm-hmm. and get her out of here. Mm-hmm. And I got caught up in there and uh and god touched me and i started studying you know i did, took classes at um harford school of seminary you know i went through um vigorous trainings under dr kim carmichael mm-hmm. um i was ordained elder in uh, love center deliverance ministry i came into church december 9th 1989 at beulah heights church okay that's where my wife and i went to church when we were mm-hmm. younger but she left Oh, um, because again, I'll speak to the truth that I got into the church, but I started to slip away because again, 
um, you you can't teach bring somebody to something new and not mm-hmm. teach them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I didn't know it was in my. I never was in my world, so mm-hmm. I'm thinking, wow, it's a smorgasbord in here of mm-hmm. you know, ill repute. I'll say <laughs> that, but uh, you know, it was it. The Bishop Brooks was a one. It still is a wonderful man that you know gave me good counsel. You know, I, I left there, went to a Love Center with my wife, studied, and and the pastor there at the time saw something in me uh, to speak to young kids. And I was able to really tap into my story because I'm not ashamed to say that, you know, I had heavy addiction mm-hmm. that nobody knew about. Mm-hmm. So I hate when people discredit people yeah, that are you openly. Don't, you don't know. Yeah. You never know their story. Yeah. I mean, I was sniffing more cocaine than the average man. Wow. And... uh all right. I don't know if there's more than William at 19, but we'll, we'll, we'll leave that one alone. He's from, he's from Peru. <laughs> yeah, he, might, he might have did a little more than me. But, uh, you know, I, I I tell everybody I didn't go to a program. We're, we're, we're about to go into something really deep. I want to remind everyone right now you listen to 103.5 FM WNHH, keeping it 100 with Jose Candelario. And I'm talking to Mr. Graeman Wilson, uh, community activist, and we're going now through through some of his uh, his challenges in life, yeah. challenges in life, because we all have distractions, and for you that that was one of them, one of your vices, one of my vices, one of many vices. Yeah. You know, you say keep it one hundred. That's mm-hmm. what the show is. So you want to know how a person. What, that's why I say we talk about humility and being honest mm-hmm. um, with your your situation. So you know that 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 whole part of my life is who I am. That's what made me the person that I am today realizing that when I went to this church in December 9th, 89, I stopped. Hmm. I just stopped. I got baptized that day. Um, and I was like, wow, I'm, I'm, I don't want it anymore. I literally never touched it again. Wow. Um, so, you know, people say you have to do this. You have to do that again. I realize now everybody has their, avenue that they have to go down to get to where they need to go and once i got that out of me i now i'm in the church everyone's coming to church why because they want help Mm. some a lot of them are drug addicted Mm -hmm, so now mm -hmm. i get to speak to them about my truth and i I was part of an overcomers outreach for a long time i'm in the church um strong in the church and i won't say love center but Mm -hmm. the church as a whole Mm. um I'll say this without discrediting anybody, wasn't the the destination for me. Okay. So I had to leave. Um, nothing, nothing anybody did to me, just wasn't what I wanted. At that time. At that time, mm-hmm. I needed more. Okay. I needed um, to be more involved with brothers and 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 help them. Um, because people look at me and I'm like, I'm not that guy. Look at him. He's, he treats his wife great. He, uh, no, no, no. I, I'm doing that now. And it's so hard. But you grew into that. Yeah. It's not something that you or you people are always in um, a with the, the, the aura you put out now. Yeah. Thinking that this was you at 17. Correct. But you at one time wore hoodies and Tim's like everyone else. I, I, I never wore Tim's. <laughs> Um, no offense to the brothers. I just <laughs> never wore Tim's. Uh, I had a hoodie, but I didn't wear Tim's. But but you were young yeah. at once, and you yeah. and you did youthful things. And I think that people uh, need to understand that there's always chance and time to turn it around. 
Yeah. That is, you know, that time is in your favor because you still, then tomorrow morning you can wake up and decide to do something totally different and live differently. But you are making conscious decisions. Was this like a choice that you wake up and say, no more cocaine? I was tired of being looked at as a liar. I was tired of being looked at as a failure from my wife and people that talk behind my back. Oh. Not the ones that smiled in my face. Because the ones that were around me were doing it with me. Oh, yeah, of course. But of course there were mean. certain people. Like, I think my brother Harold uh, was disgusted with me. Mm. And he hit me with the line, you wasn't raised like that. Mm. You know, and I was like... And yet I was still successful climbing the ranks of McDonald's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I, I held on to that, right? Mm -hmm. That was easy for me, mm -hmm. right? So... Um, but but it was going to crash and burn at some point because I was just out there. Mm. like. But going through the church, it stopped. So when that stopped, I had a different zeal. Um, I wanted to help people, hmm. right? I wanted to make people better than me. And that's I really believe at that point is where I started to learn to lead. Um, and I realized how I wanted to lead. I, I didn't want to lead up front. I don't want to be the guy uh, talking about me. I, I I just think that you're this is you're showing I, I'm all about emotional intelligence personally that's that's my biggest thing EQ and you are establishing a lot of those EQ paradigms that I believe a person should have one is you you worked on yourself first mm -hmm. right and I, that's one of the first things then you worked you fixed a relationship with your family and then you started helping your community. I think yeah. that those are the three major steps in that evolution of a man right yes and and so. You went from money, power, respect, which you had, mm -hmm. right? Because yep. at McDonald's, you had the money. Yep. You had the power. Yep. You had the respect. Yep. But then you made it about yourself, your family, and your community. Yes. The the community is, to me, um, when I look at our community, I'm, I'm, I'm just disgusted um, at the lack of genuineness to make it better. Oh, wow. <laughs> When I'm driving down Wiggly, people throwing out bags of Popeyes out their windows. You know, I can I can see how much they love their city and in turn love <laughs> yeah. themselves. I which, love, yeah, yeah, I love my city, but you see that, right? Yeah, you see that. So you, I can see that. You are part of an organization here in in this town now. You're you're a Mason. You're proud to be a Mason. Proudly to be a Mason. Where and you got you hold a great office within the organization. Some might say. Um, <laughs> how. You know, there's there's myths about the, the Masonic Lodge, right? Yes. You know, Prince Hall Masonry, and there's truths. Yes. Uh, let, let's let's focus on the truths. Yes. <laughs> there are truths. Make men better. What do, what does that mean to you? Make good men better. Um, I was told that when I came in, um, nothing makes men better. Mm. Nothing. But men. Men make themselves better. You can, so if you go to this organization, it's going to make you better. No, mm -hmm. it's what you put in it. It's the law of reciprocity. Mm -hmm. Whatever you sow, you'll reap. So you go to any organization, masonry, the church, sigmas, Qs, delta, whatever organization. Mm -hmm. It's amazing how people say, well, eh, that organization isn't about anything and they're a part of it. Well, what are you doing to contribute 
because if it's not doing anything and you're a part of it, it means you're not doing anything. Mm. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited about masonry. Um, I think that masonry has been quiet for a long time. And as the worshipful master of Widow Sun Lodge, number one, I'm going to um, work with the team of people I have to make it better. Um, because, again, like I said a little earlier, I had to learn how to lead. <laughs> and a good leader leads from behind. So everyone that's going to be working with me will always be in the forefront, um, and I will be pushing their ideas, um, their excitements, whatever they bring to the party. Now that makes the organization better, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, because they're energized. Yes. And then when they contribute at that personal level and they feel they're given a, a piece of that, that leadership role, of course, they're invigorated. They want to stay, they want to contribute, and they want to help push on. Yeah, and, you know, I... I do, I do have, uh, it's funny because there are so many people out here in, in Connecticut um, and um, surrounding boroughs, I should I say, <laughs> that have issues and make negative comments. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I laugh. Mm -hmm. Bible says, speak ye that what ye know. How do you know? Mm. You know, people talk about masonry. Well, how do you know if you're not a member? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So you're only going by hearsay, and you know what they say when you listen and you assume. So we're <laughs> we're, we're not going to listen to people. You shouldn't listen to people. If you want to know about something that's great, talk to the person that's excited about it. Ask somebody. Yeah. If you want to know something, ask somebody. Yeah. And I think that's one one of the first rules is yeah. ask somebody if you really want to know if you if you want to get an understanding. Uh, Widowson Lumber Number One. We have a beautiful. That's a beautiful building, 106 Golf Street. Uh, can you share a little bit about that building and what that that building itself means to this community? It's it's and and please come by um, 106 Golf Street whenever you have an opportunity. It's an amazing building. It is the first school for Negro children, and I say Negro because that's what they called us back then. Mm -hmm. But the first school for colored kids, and it's so historical to be in that building at night when nobody's in there and just sit and think about our African-American kids had to crawl mm -hmm. underground. For those who don't know, the, 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 the 106 Gulf Street, um, the Masonic Lodge that we are right now, uh, is connected via tunnels to Varick, to Varick AME church, yes. AME church on Dixwell Avenue. Yes. Right? And you can, you yeah. can, so, if you, if we have two tunnel ports on each side of the building um, that are still there. I don't know how a guy my size got an education because there was no way I would fit in that hole. But the hole's still there. Um, the tunnel's still there. And to think about the part that is amazing to me, we had some um, scientists come one day to the lodge to see it. Mm -hmm. And African-American scientists. And they were looking, and one of them started to cry. And I'm like, wow, <laughs> what are they crying for? And then he looked up and said, they crawled through this to get an education, but we can't get our kids to get up out of their beds to get in their Lexus that we drive to bring them to school. Mm. Think about that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And if they got caught, they were beaten. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. But what, in in historic, for those who don't know, at one time it was 
illegal for a man of color to read and write. Correct. And so in order for them to get their education in this time, they would have to crawl through a small space, but more, more like a quarter of a mile almost. It's pretty far. Oh, yeah, it's far. It's far. In the dark. In the dark. <laughs> to get educated on a Sunday afternoon. And they wanted to. Right? Mm-hmm. So when we look at our kids today, and again, I'm, I've got four children, so I get it. Um, I'm not sitting there saying mine are wonderful. But well, they're talented. Yeah, that's for sure. They they are talented. <laughs> that I'll give them. Uh, but but um, you know, it's it's to sit there and see that that building, and to come in. We have a museum in there. So when you get a chance, I'm sure the information will be put up. Um, come down, and we'll we'll take you on a tour. Um, instead of listening to what someone says about it, come in and find out about it yourselves. Um, I'm proud of it. Um, I'm proud of what we're doing there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I think that as we move forward and those that are coming behind me, we're just going to keep growing and growing and growing and getting it out there for people to know that we should be proud of what we have. Yeah. And yeah. guess what? We own it. <laughs> we own it. So we're not renting it. We own it. We, we, we own that. That's a beautiful building. Uh, Whittlestone's Lodge Number 1, 106 Golf Street. If you have a chance, we come by. Uh, you're also part of the Shrine Shriners, I guess, is is another organization. You're, you, you, I don't know. What, I, I, I fail to see one organization in this town outside of the Sigmas. I think that's the only thing you're not. Yeah, because I'm debating. You know, Sigma Q. Uh, nah, nah, I'm good. <laughs> but uh, you're part of you're part of the Shrine, and, and, the, and the Shrine is uh, having an event. They're 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 having an event, uh, an all yes. white party. Yes. And uh, you're part of the shrine. You're part of this event. All white party is at 230 Ashman Street, which I really like that the fact that you guys, that the shrine holds events in the community. In the community. In the community. Yes, I mean, sir. you can't get no more veiled than 230. Well, I guess Shelton Ave, but <laughs> <laughs> Shelton and Reed, but, you know, Ashman Street right there. You have an all white party. You have uh, a great lineup coming on July 23rd. Yes. Uh, you know, and, and you could talk a little bit about that lineup. I'm excited. July 23rd. I'm what a- time? Because I keep saying July 23rd, but what time are we starting? So it's outside, so someone correct me. So I can't say doors open. Oh. Gates. Gates open. Gates open. <laughs> so I said to them, this is the Grayman that all love. Well, what's a gate? <laughs> Isn't it a door? <laughs> okay, whatever. But, you know, I'm, I'm super excited about this event. This event... And I'm going to talk to you guys. This event um, is morphed into this uh, big concert slash all-white party where um, I would say you can come and just have a peaceful groove. The um, doors open up at 5. The concert starts at 7. Um, free beverages. Um, it's BYOB, right? It's BYOB, BYOB. But we do have some wine there for you. Mm-hmm. Um, beer and wine. Um, bring a seat or come in early. There'll be some seating, but if not, bring bring a pop-up chair. Yeah, bring it um, yeah. It's grown and sexy um, for those that are coming. Um, and it's in the community, and there's no violence. Um, this is probably the most stress-free event that I've ever been to. And I went to the all-black party that took place a couple of months ago. And 
it was an experience for me personally <laughs> to see how, what was it, like 300 uh, over 300 over at the three, black party yeah, over almost 400. 300 at the black party and we're talking about african americans only i mean in, <laughs> for not one fight to break out for not one argument not an argument it, it was nothing but love nothing but love it was a sight to be seen in and an experience that all people of color should ever always have to see uh, you know, a good three or four hundred people get together and just start line dancing. Yeah, yeah, man. <laughs> they're having a good old time. Yeah, they're 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 sharing. They're catching up. And New Haven is only but so big. It, it's a reunion. <laughs> it's a reunion. It's a reunion, and we invite all. Our tickets are thirty five up until Wednesday and forty at the at the gate. Um, I will say this: don't miss it. Um, to your point, um, there's been love connections. Um, Arabic Temple Number Forty Shrine is branded across the U.S. Mm-hmm. If you don't know Big Forty, then you have not had an experience. It's nothing but love. We 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 exude love. As I told someone the other day, love's a conversation, mm-hmm. and that's what you'll have when you come down. We've got uh, our, our DJ Mo and, and marvelous Diamond D <laughs> on, on the turntables. We've got um, Manny James, our very own Manny James. Yep. And Rasan. The Jungle Hillside. Langley. I want to say this. Langley Project. Yes. I want to say this, that we have to respect our artists in this city. My son's going to be there with a friend of his, Ali, who was on the four. My son was on The Voice. He signed to Clive Davis. But it took him to leave our city mm-hmm. to get noticed. Well, I call it the Jesus effect. Yes, you, you know yeah. he, had, he had to he had to leave his hometown. Wasn't honored to go make it big. Yeah, and then when he came back, they were they were like, oh, we remember. <laughs> and even now, you you know they and, and again, we're not mad. No, we're not mad. No, we thank you because no. it again it drove him to be where he is. Um, no, New, New Haven has a way of toughening up the the artists. Yeah, <laughs> they're like they're nationally stage ready when they leave New Haven because. They, they work so hard at trying to get attention here. Yeah, I've supported Rasan and and, uh, and Manny from day one, um, mm-hmm. and I said I wish those guys had somebody like myself when they were young, mm. because there's a lot of obstacles you stumble. And they're doing well now. I mean, trust me, they're phenomenal talent. But when you grab them when they're young, man, where them guys could been out of here. Right? Uh, but but again. It's hard to find individuals that want to mentor without any self-interest. Yeah. And any time that you do find someone that's willing to help, it's because... Yeah, they, they, want, they want to get paid. They want to get paid. But these brothers right here... They, they are talented. I, your your uh, interview you did with Avery, and you hit it right on the head. We got four headliners. Now, you know, it doesn't matter who goes first, who goes second, who no, goes third. No, it, it doesn't. Because they're, really they're all beasts within their own. They all headline their own shows. Yes, I mean, they, I, all, headline they all headline their own shows. So I'm excited because we've. this is the, the, the musical part. The concert is an addition. Mm-hmm. So think about that. Where are you going to go? Free beer and wine, free music, dancing, hanging out, right, with your friends, mm-hmm. and a concert for that price. And it's a networking event. I mean, this is yes, a, a premier networking event, and I think that's the, what that's we're trying to allude to when we're saying we're getting together and we're, we're having a good time. There is the who's who. Everybody's going to be there. The who's who of Southern Connecticut 
yeah. <laughs> that's going to be there. We've got quite and a few. And we also got people coming in from out of town. Yes, so it, it is it is going to be peaceful, calm. Everyone's going to be dressed to the tee. I got my all-white linen. That I is is that linen is that off white, so I won't be looking at your that, Gucci uh, slides. You already know, no, I don't got them. I, I don't got <laughs> I don't got Gucci slide budget. <laughs> Dress your best because I'm telling you they're gonna be out there. Oh, the the slingshots there. will be out there. The slingshots. <laughs> A couple of motorcycles, a few other things. Yep, yep. Got a few other surprises. Everyone just shows off their toys a yeah, little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we, should... we got vendors out there. Uh-huh. Um, they got cigars, a cigar, lot of cigars. Yeah, uh, cigar smoking. Robert Fulton, very own, our very own Robert Fulton with his own cigar brand. Come support that brother. Right? See? We we are doing what we are supposed to do. There's only one artist who's not from here. It's only because she's a friend of my son's and she's coming with him and she's super talented mm-hmm. and she's looking out for me so she's coming down that's Allie mm-hmm. but everybody else is from here all the vendors are from here we're putting money back into our community because that's what it's all about but you're gonna you come and you'll see that these people that we have they're staples within themselves once yeah. you get there you'll okay you're Every, gonna see so many people gonna, there's gonna be a lot of brands on top of brand self brands other brands it's it's a great and, and but no one goes there with the intention of cross branding or with the intention of trying to get a deal. It is just straight up networking and networking, talking man. and oh, you know this guy and this guy knows that. And I think that is one of the biggest thing I've learned about uh, being a part of the craft. Yeah, and and taking part of this is how easy it is for when you have that 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 confidence in each other. How easy it is to introduce one person to the next. Well, because we're brothers. See, we throw that out there loosely, but we are brothers. And as you know, with your comedy, right, we, we, we're we there, right? And you're funny, right? If you want, we tell you because we're your brother. Like mm-hmm. Jose, you're not mm-hmm. funny, but you're funny. So <laughs> as we move forward uh, with, with our brothers, we come out, we enjoy each other. Mm-hmm. So think about it. The brother you don't like, I've got several, right? But I still enjoy them. We're together, but we argue all the time because we're brothers, my biological ones. Same thing with the with the order, and you'll see that it's not just the Shriners, but it's you know it's the Masons, it's the Daughters, it's the Eastern Stars. We're gonna have you know you're gonna have the Sigmas out there, you're gonna have some of the Qs out there. It's, all the fraternities will be out there mm-hmm. um, that are gonna and a come. lot of HBCU, La- a load of HBCU yeah, folk, yeah, 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 educated, yeah. And and and, and again, you talk about networking because mm-hmm. you're gonna see people, meet people, and to your point. It's it's never a struggle. Hey, meet. Do you know so and so? Because you, you, you people put the connections together. You know, I mean, I do a lot of things outside of McDonald's, and people, um, you know, they come and they're like, a lot of my connections came through masonry. Mm-hmm. When I got into masonry, now it's nine years, mm. and like I said, I, I met so many um, talented. Uh, brothers, you know, and, and a lot of my friends, like you talk about your circle, my circle's small, mm. but now it's, mm. I mean, you know, we think, I, my wife was laughing the other day, she goes, you guys really, really like each other. <laughs> I mean, is there something wrong with that? You know, <laughs> yeah, we like each other. And, you know, we laugh, you talk about, you know, ribs hurting, rib hurting laughter. <laughs> yes. Yeah, 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 so. Uh, I've been around that several times. Yeah, yeah. It is, uh, the camaraderie and fellowshipping that that's taking place is is commendable. I too had a circle of friends of zero coming out of COVID. Oh, uh, I went into like that that reclusive state during yeah, COVID. Yeah. A lot of people, you know, every everyone did. But I came out of COVID with zero, 
And then I slowly started building back up. And, and I'm so proud to be a Mason. Uh, it's one of the greatest things that's happened in my life. Um, it's introduced me to individuals such as yourself. It gave me an opportunity to meet even more and more people. Because without, you know, Gibbs, I wouldn't have met so-and-so. Yeah. If it wasn't for, you know, so you know Snipes, I wouldn't have met Klein Pete. You know what I'm saying? So if it wasn't for the, the brothers I know, I can see how I wouldn't have known met these other people who are now in my life. So well, it's funny, you, my friend, I seen you way before you became a Mason because you were at, at the parties or you mm -hmm. were at events. Mm -hmm. And I would always say, who's the guy with the camera? Mm -hmm. What's, what's, oh, that's Jose. I said, okay, but he's always here, right? And I encourage anybody to, wherever we are, just come hang out. Yeah. We, we open the door for anybody. I, and that's one of the things that I did. I, I come and I came and hung out. Mm -hmm. I came and investigated, did my own investigation yeah. and wanted to make sure that I wanted to be a part of this. And then when I saw the amount, the level of, of fellowshipping, I was like, you know what? I, I do want to take part in this. And it has really changed me. That's good, man. Congrats to you for uh, um, accepting it because that's the part. So now when your first question was, masonry makes men better no you made masonry better and in turn it made you better so it's quid pro quo it's what you do for it it does for you so mm -hmm. that's what masonry does and most of the people you speak to will tell you the same they get they they ask that question so what is they say masonry makes men better mm -hmm. you, you really answer it yourself because that's what happened to me. I, I I actually was joined because I missed fellowship with brothers. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, there's obstacles in everything. Of course. But when you get to the root cause of it and you think about, I, I was counting the other day. I, I mean, we have 28 stores. So um, as I'm riding around, I'm, I'm thinking about all the people that I have encountered. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's, it's, it's over a hundred and some odd people in this city that are masons mm -hmm. and then across as you know when you travel to the other jurisdictions and you get to see these people and you get to meet them and it's like you you've been with them all your life it's a, it's amazing <laughs> it's amazing yeah. to, to yeah. go to richmond and you know of course like any organ you know you still got to prove your worth you got to be consistently yourself you know come to the table with no bs and you know you got to be just who you are be present and, of course, that leads to acceptance. But if you're going to come and be fake and, you know, of course, in any organization, anywhere you go, if you're not keeping it real, keeping it 100, you know, no one's going to let you in anyway into any circle. Great, great uh, <laughs> title of your, your uh, podcast, Keeping It 100, because most people don't. And that's where I'll, I'll say that's what I want everyone to say from now on. Instead of those things you say about me, Grammy keeps it 100. Instead of Grammy's a can't curse on this, No, right? can't curse okay. on the radio. Please so, do not curse. Yeah, all right. No, so, no, no. so, you know, and I, I, I tell them I affectionately embrace that title if that's what you want to call me. But but I love everybody, man. I, I want everyone to be better. All right. So uh, William has a question for you before we go. William, okay. we're always, we're mindful here. We, you know, This is keeping it 100, of course, on 103.5 FM WNHH. But we're powered by La Voz Hispana, and one of our biggest communities is the immigration community. And we, you know, he assumed because you run old McDonald's that you deal a lot with the immigrant immigrant community as hiring. But how? What? What percentage of the population makes up your workforce? Wow, um, 
the Hispanic population is we wouldn't survive without them in our organization. Mm. Um, we we see we're a little different. Our organization goes from and we're talking about McDonald's. To yes, be specific. just McDonald's. Uh-huh, McDonald's. Our our McDonald's goes from New Haven to uh, Unionville, Connecticut, mm. um, all the way up to uh, Black Rock Turnpike, mm. all the way up to New Britain area. Yeah, New Britain all over there. Gales yeah. Ferry. Okay. Uncasville yep. area. Uncasville. So we're we're our franchises are across Connecticut. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are a lot of operators there in pockets. Mm-hmm. You know, me as a COO of the organization um, have a responsibility to make sure it runs right. Um, I look at um, the Hispanic population, and I made uh, a comment that, wow. What would we do and where would we be? So out of the 28 stores, right? You ready mm-hmm. for this this dynamic number? 26 of them are Hispanic, the head managers. 26 out of 28 are Hispanic head yeah. managers. Yeah. Oite, Cotrin. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's good. Is that good enough for you, Cotrin? That's uh, good enough for you? And, yeah. And, and, <laughs> uh, and one of my most, um, I hope they don't see this, Osiris Manrique Mm-hmm. is uh, one of our success stories. Um, came over here to mm-hmm. this country, was in our turnpike store mm-hmm. up uh, in Fairfield making pizza because we used to have yeah, the pizza the, the venue. Pizza, yep. um, couldn't speak any English, a lick. And I used to laugh mm-hmm. because he would try to talk. And at that time, I, wasn't, um, I was a consultant for the corporation, oh, okay. and she was working in that store. Oh. So, um, she became a swing manager, and I, I was now the training consultant for mm-hmm. the corporation, mm-hmm. and I was told to go assist Roger Facey and his staff mm. uh, <laughs> to, because they didn't understand English. <laughs> What am I gonna do? <laughs> you look Hispanic. That's about it. They thought I was Hispanic, so I guess. But however, what was funny was I learned how to help because uh, people don't understand Hispanic people that don't speak English are not dumb. They're not stupid. They're more intelligent than some. They don't know our language. Take me and sit me in the middle of Mexico or Puerto Rico, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and what happens to me? Right? Mm-hmm. So that's how I realized that. So I said, well, let me point, let me get an interpreter to work with me and them. Mm-hmm. And that's what I did for the organization. And we watched Osiris grow. Subsequently, she's still working for us. Mm-hmm. And she was a store manager. Like She said, I said, why don't you be, oh, great, man, I'm nervous sometimes. So, but you, you advised her to get her own place. No, this was as a, this as was, a, we, we kept working with her. Oh, kept working with her, okay. Right, so she became a general manager. General manager. But she was still timid ah. because of the language. She goes, Grayman, or she wouldn't write. I said, just write it, who cares? Half of us can't write or spell anyway. <laughs> so just, we know what you mean. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just, I said, you send a text, I know what you mean. Mm-hmm. And she started doing that, and I was like, you got to start speaking up. You're Now... We had this young lady, Sarah Amato, who worked for us, who we sold three stores to. Who's on, who are on her own. She's on her own now. Wow. Right? Okay. 
Osiris was always kind of in the shadow of of Sarah. Mm-hmm. She wasn't. Sarah was our strongest. Mm-hmm. So when Sarah left, I went and said to Osiris, "You're the new Sarah. I need you." Wow. And when I tell you this woman makes us tons of money, she runs six locations. Um, I want, it's probably now over. Let me see. Uh, Sixteen, seventeen million, maybe. Seventeen million. So this is. No, uh, maybe 20, 22 million of our company she runs. Jesus. Right? And, She's a homeowner. A homeowner, look at that. Yeah. And, and this is this is an immigrant that came here yes, sir. from nothing. Started, you followed the path, took the tutelage, took it and now grew into a manager of... The best the supervisor best. we have right the, now. The best supervisor you have. Right now. There you go. So it, I thank you for your time. We've been here an hour, right? We've been here an hour. Okay. You're listening to Keeping It 100 with Jose Candelario, 103.5 FM, WNHH. And that is the great Grayman Wilson that you have been listening to for the past hour. So your, your parting shots, Mr. Grayman, the floor is yours. You know, I, I would say to everybody that, you know, that look at me or, or gives me accolades for being successful, um, I'm your average middle-of-the-run guy. You can achieve anything you want as long as you put... And this sounds corny and cliche, but it's a fact. Whatever you want, stay consistent, and you'll achieve it. Never let anybody put an obstacle in your way. Be biblically astute, because if a mountain is there, the Bible says you can remove it. If a weapon comes in front of you, the Bible says it'll form and not prosper. So understand that we are spiritual beings. And if you understand the Bible, I'm not saying be religious and run the church, but understand the Bible, which is the manuscript of success, you'll win every time. And the church says amen. This is Keeping It 100 with Jose Candelario, <laughs> WNHH 103.5 FM. Thank you, William, for taking the time out to record this thank with you. us. <laughs> you didn't have to. Mr. Wilson, thank you very much for coming by. Until next time, we're going to be keeping it 100. Para, no,